Hello, everybody. Welcome back again, once again, for another episode of the Iconist Podcast, right? And once again, I'm one of your hosts, Barry3D, and on my side, as always, is the one and only, the man, the myth, the legend, makes the turntables rock the way, you know, the speakers wobble back and forth, the dance floor, jump up and down, people popping and locking and booty shaking and dropping, and, and that's how I hurt my knee. So, the one and only... DJ Rod C. DJ Rod C. <laughs> Hot dog. Hamburger. Hamburger. (laughs) (laughs) You know how we do. Mm -hmm. This is good. It's good. It's always good to keep coming back and doing the show and turning everybody. And I'm glad, you know, all you guys are tuning in and liking it. And and let's get some things out of the way real quick. One, we have a Patreon page. (laughs) Right on. So if you're looking for, uh, you know, and you'll see the link down below the video. Right. We're sharing it around uh, and all our social media, and we so easy way. The Patreon page it's got two tiers to it, and the, the the fun thing is we have exclusive videos just on that. So they're called Iconist Hot Shots. <laughs> yep. So this Shots. is not for YouTube. This is exclusively for you. For sorry, not for not for you. It's 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 on you. It's you know, you. I mean, it's let's try that again, Barry. Let's again. It's exclusively <laughs> for Patreon. <laughs> Iconist Hot Shots. Um, so we have videos. We've got polls. So join. Help. This is a good way to help support the channel. And you get something back at the same time. And for all those that do support in time, we will compile a list and then add you onto the credits as a thank you for, for those that join and support the show. So really, thank you very much. If you want a tip and just do a one-time tip, then that's fine. You can go over to our coffee page, you know, and, and, and buy us a coffee, a tea, um, a cheeseburger, hot dog. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. I mean, even though I should be cutting back. But, you know, it is what it is. Uh, so that's another way to support the channel. And please, like, subscribe, and share. Those clicks help the analytics for this show. What? Let's go. Those Let's do it. analytics. Oh, man. Basically, you know where to find me, Barry3D.com. You'll find it all there. Everything for this show, everything for Iconis Hotshot, uh, our streaming services, podcast, the whole nine yards, and places where to see me live. Because I'm performing live with the boys once again, as always, a touch of gray matter. We got a couple of shows coming up, some dates. So we got a date May 20th, straight out of Burlington. Blah! You can find me out in the Niagara region because I got a show out there, uh, a couple of shows out there. I got shows out in Hamilton for the people listening and, and wondering where to find me. And of course, going home August 26th, August 27th, back nice. to Montreal. Nice. It's two nights, two shows per night. You'll find me and the boys out there just carrying on bad. Rod, where can we find you? Ladies and gentlemen, you can find me, as I always say, on the internet, on the World Wide Web. You can find me on Instagram at Mr. Rod C. <laughs> then you can also find me on twitch.tv forward slash DJ Rod C. And it's making clear that everybody can see that. Listen, listen, find me, holler at me, do a shout out. Listen, we're going to have some fun. Find me on Instagram. You can definitely find me at Mr. Rod C, M-R-R-O-D-C. You know what? I have a whole bunch of stuff that's going on, playing out, playing on live on Twitch. Find me at DJ Rotsy. Holler, as I always say, holler, say, hey, I saw you on Iconis. Give it a shout out. Let's go. We're going to have some fun with there. So with that entail, ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, we are about to break it into you. We're going to take you to another place, another world, another area. Ladies and gentlemen, you see the name. You wonder what that is. We're going to break it down. The man from Atlantis. Or AKA, just man from Atlantis. He's there we the go. man. There we go. One. Let's the go. The icon is today man from Atlantis. Say what? You mean Aquaman? No. Mm. You mean Namor the Submariner? No. <laughs> we ain't talking about any of those men. You talking Stargate Atlantis? No. <laughs> we ain't taking you way back. Way back. We're, 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 we're TV 
was the outlet for our sci-fi stuff in <laughs> movies. And and it wasn't big budget blockbusters like we have now. Thank you, Marvel mm-hmm. and you know, Doctor Strange, you know, multiverse of madness. We weren't even in the multiverse. We were still in one universe, and it was TV, and it was made for TV movies. <laughs> yep. That, that's right. There was no spoilers was back then. When the TV guide was not on your phone through Google or pulling up the guide on your on your TV, it was a book called TV Guide, and you had to buy Hopefully. it once a week and flip through it. If you're not sure what it looked like, watch the 70s show and and see where Fred's looking for it or married with children because Ed Bundy mm. swears by the TV guide. There you go. There you go. Now, when I say we're oh. going back, I know sometimes we're going back. This time, this time, we, we ain't that far back. We back in our okay. timeline, maybe not yours, but here we yeah. go. Man from Atlantis. Quantum leap this, we go. Right on. <laughs> Man from Atlantis. So first of all, this was the name of the TV show. And before it started off, it, 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 it came out in, 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 in September 22nd, 1977. What was I doing in 1977? That's what I'm doing right now. Counter two. Not a whole lot. Three, four, five, <laughs> six, seven. Yeah. Ooh, I, I was doing the math. I see. Well, I was there somewhere. I was doing something. I was Man, probably outside. 1977. I must have been. Hold on. Wait a minute. Hold up. Hold up. Hold up. 1970. Yeah, yeah. Okay. No, we ain't going to get we'll right give them the numbers. We, yeah. yeah we'll, let's just we'll say the numbers. we was. I was born. Mm-hmm. I was right. young. Mm-hmm. I had hair. We'll leave it at that. <laughs> Deuces. <laughs> And that's what the station came out, right? So it came out. Um, so the original release date was September twenty second, nineteen seventy seven, and then you know uh, other release date was June sixth, nineteen seventy eight. So hold on, here we go. In nineteen seventy seven, this first came out as a TV made movie, and the character Man from Atlantis got introduced and did four movies made for TV, and then followed by thirteen episodes, and that was the whole run. So not a long run on this right. show, but the concept was. You know, the execs are seeing what's going on. They see the action. They like the sci-fi. They say, hey, we're going to do something. Our main character, the man from Atlantis, um, you know, and, and, and what do we say man from Atlantis? Because when he came about, he had no name. He was one of those wonderful, interesting people who just kind of like washed up on the shore, unknown. And are you okay there, son? I don't know who. Who are you? Who are you? I don't I don't know. AKA the man from Atlantis had amnesia. But we'll get into that. Yeah. That's why absolutely. he was a nameless man. He was a nameless man. He was a nameless man. So pretty much as Rod was saying, he washed up on shore. Had no memory of nothing. All he was was him and a yellow pair of trunks, like swimming trunks, not a speedo, swimming mm-hmm. trunks, a little symbol on it, and that was it. That um was it. and when he washed up on shore. He washed up close to a research facility, an oceanic research facility. So they went out there. They saw him. They're like, hey, what's going on? Uh, what's going on? We can help this man out. And then he's like, he's getting all dry. And he, uh, and, he, and he keeps running back to water. And he's like, what's he trying to run back to the water for? No, he's got to stay on land. We have to help him. They not realizing he fish man. Mm-hmm. He man fish. He, he man, man fish. fish. He man you know fish. what I mean? Mm-hmm. <laughs> not, not flying fish because you fry up a good flying fish, boy. Oh, oh boy. That'd be gone. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Miss you, Auntie Daphne. There we go. So <laughs> she make a wicked flying fish. She made ah oh, ah. Oh. All right, I'm back. So that being said, he washed up on shore. They didn't know who he was. Mm-hmm. Research facility funded by part military, part government. You know, uh, private doing research. They've come to realize a couple of things. One, they realize okay, can't remember his name. They, 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 he's, he's suffering on land. He goes into that tank and he just sits there in the water tank. And they're looking at him like, okay, he's got to come up any second now. Any second now. Any moment now. He's not. He's been under here for a couple of minutes and he ain't drowning. He's still moving around. Under observation, they realize his eyes look different. So he had like cat-like eyes, as they would say. Right. They would adjust to the light. Um, if, if fingers, he had like webbed fingers and toes toes yep right gills on his neck like behind his ears or kind of thing to help him breathe underwater i'm like okay this is something different looks like a normal man got all the points like a normal man but there's a little bit of variances mutant <laughs> yeah the the mcu didn't exist back then but he would have been a mutant <laughs> yeah yeah or would he uh he was born that way so 
they now come to realize that they're putting all the information back in that computer <laughs> to analyze everything. This is this is when you're putting in, you know, the, the pressing the big buttons and they see the things spin, like, you know, the, the tapes, the real tapes. This this is around the same time for Star Trek to do putting like Star Trek like Spock, you know, you're putting in the cube like computer, this is the analyst, Android, no not Android, humanoid, fish like Kirkin. Need help. Confuse, confuse, reboot. And then, you know, we have problems like that. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. You know, exactly what it was. So it came up, and even when it comes on the screen, it doesn't even write it in order. That's true. It, it does it like backwards out of order. It was like almost like you're on Wheel of Fortune. You know, it was like Atlantis <laughs> from man, you know. So when you read it, it's like man from Atlantis. And then even the computer went question mark, question mark, question mark. It's like we put all the information in. What did it say? Man from Atlantis? <laughs> information needed. More information needed. <laughs> well, that's it. I gave you all. I gave it all. So they turned around and said, okay, man from Atlantis. It's like, what's your name? I don't know what my name is. So they decided to give him an identity, and this is where he gets the name Mark Harris. Mark Harris is not his name. That's the identity they gave him, right? Mm-hmm. It's like when the people came over to Ellis Island. <laughs> What's your name? <laughs> nope, you're now Smith. <laughs> Mark Harris. So Mark Harris. this is what the his his character is. I think he's from Atlantis, and then over the course of his adventure, you never know. They so they have. The research facility has multiple different characters. They have a couple of doctors. One person really stood out for me was Dr. Elizabeth. She was the main person that was leading the research team. They had this cool underwater base. They had this nice, like, futuristic-looking submarine. It looked like take three tennis balls and put a stick on top of all three in a line, and this is what it looked like. But at the time, it was still cool. Futuristic George Jetson. Right? You know, it had its own like underwater bay to get into, and now you gotta understand things in the seventies. People, this is when James Bond villains had bases that you would run. Like, How did they get that? Because trying to buy a house in Toronto, and you look at the real estate prices, and then you look at what these guys had as bases, like secret bases. It's like, where'd you get that money from? <laughs> Come on, son. Come on, son. Come on, son. Have you seen the real estate prices? So, this character, you know, I mean, they had the underwater bases, and it was funded. They're trying to do the research. And now the whole thing is, one, trying to find, you know, help Mark get back his memory. Remember who he is. Find Atlantis, the lost city of Atlantis, which would be a huge find for that research. And then, of course, you have the military division saying, well, are they more guys like that? Can we help Hmm. them? Can we get them to work with us? Because, well, he's the ultimate frogman, right? Exactly. No tank. He can go and swim down as deep as deep can be. On land, he's got heightened sight, heightened strength, faster reflexes, durability. So he's, he's bigger, stronger, fast, right? They should have done a whole crossover with the TV heroes, like Man from Atlantis, the Bonic Man, right? Like, can you picture <laughs> that would have been, oh, that would have been, that would have been epic Ultimate in our time. Team. Land, sea, and air coverage, right? That would have been a right? wicked, wicked we, We'd have to right? think who else can join that team from the Auto Man, right? So you get right. Auto Man, still the, 80s, the Bionic yeah, Man, okay, cool. the Bionic Man, uh, Man from Atlantis, right? Uh, who else could have been perfect in that time? Oh, we're gonna have to come back to that. Yeah, we're gonna come back to that. If we you do. think, if you hear anything, if you think of anything, please make sure you put that in the comments at the bottom because that definitely be uh, a nice. I think this would be a nice subject for a hot shot. There we go. Okay, what I was about to say. Yeah, this would be a subject for a hot shot. Get to the Patreon. So. This is where the character comes in, and this is what the fun part about it was. And so watching this, you know, the whole thing, we have to think. The Earth, three-quarters of the Earth is water. Right. A lot of room for an exploration. That's what they're doing. Now they have this. They have the confirmation. There is Atlantis. It does exist. The person that holds the key cannot remember who he is. And we don't know throughout the series they at one point they thought you know some people are saying oh mark you're an alien from outer space you're not really from atlantis and they had him somewhat convinced went back and he went no and so it was very ambiguous with his origin right but he's trying to find out right 
what hurt the show, in my opinion, is that it had multiple writers per episode. So it was never steady. You, you had yeah. to have, I think, one team of writers working on it, beginning to end and have an idea where they were going. And because they didn't do it, it was really, you know, they, they never worked on the subplot, which would have been bigger now. So that that's that's my take of it. And, well, you know. Yeah, no, no, no. I'll, I'll, I'll agree with you on that because I, mm-hmm. I take it that, you know, it, you got to think also in the times in the times of when this was written in the mid late seventies, you know, how often do you see a show that has a long, a long arc, a long story arc? That's very, true. very rare. So yeah. they are not accustomed to do that story. First act, second act, third act show done. Story's done. It's all wrapped up in the bow. Now we're yeah. closing it up, but there's still that lingering story that they're trying to figure out. And of course you want to make it, a, make it completely interesting that, a man from Atlantis who doesn't remember where he's from, we need to find out where he's from. So that's always going to be the second, third subplot. But they, I think it just for the time, they couldn't think, they were trying to think past the next show, into the next yes. show. And they just couldn't, they couldn't write anything that made, made a good, smooth transition from one episode to the next episode to the next episode to the next episode. And like you said, they were doing stuff where they were, um, they were, you know, in water. So he's in the sea looking for Atlantis. Then thinking that he's from a, from outer space. Okay, we're going to put you in a rocket and try to figure out, are you from oh, outer space? How do we get from water to space? And then, and then there's other episodes where there was like, he's in water now, but somehow he found so many different portals, quote unquote. Yes. Portal back into time, portal over here, portal over here, wow, portal over that. here, portal over here, portal over here. Hey, ho, portal. <laughs> like, like, it's, it's too much. It was, it was just a lot of movements. So I can see that it was more writing was like, oh, what are we going to do for next week? Said it's a portal. Yeah, 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 yeah. Portal. To where? We'll figure it out next week. Listen, it's Friday night. I'm going to sleep. And that's what it seemed <laughs> they like. They stargated him. See, stargated. they stargated him before Stargate was around. Here we Real go. Talk. And I get your point because at the time, when you look at it, you look at Star Trek. Star Trek was written one episode. That's it. Not really many episodes Arts. are linked together to the other episodes. They brought back maybe right. characters. And if you brought a character back, you remember where he came from. But it was right. like a spaghetti western where the story happened, yeah. beginning to end, done, wrapped it up that's as a nice bowl. We move on. Sweep on next. The, the, the Bionic Man, okay, it was, we knew pretty much with Steve Austin, Jamie Summers, you know, Bionic Woman, what happened that episode, maybe you get a two-parter where they fight Sasquatch or the, the right. NASA robot, okay, cool, and we sweep on next. It was no real subplot going on, right? It was like, you know, we knew what he was, who he was, how he came to be, he's working a mission, okay, that makes it. So for those type of shows, those storylines work, but for this one, I think it hurt it. Because right. the whole thing is fighting Atlantis. Okay, you can't treat it like a spaghetti west. You got to let him right. find Atlantis at some point or clues. At some point. So, I, so I agree with you on all that, and that's what hurt. And but it had a lot of good actors on it, right? So, mm-hmm. for example, one of the actors on there, and I'm pulling up her name right now, uh, Jean Marie Horn. Now I know her mm-hmm. because she used to be on another sci-fi show that was kind of done by Hanna Barbera, uh, I think at the time, a live action show called. The Ark 2, where it took place in the future. There was four scientists. I'm sorry, three scientists and a monkey in an RV going around, you know, trying to help mankind. So she was the main person on that. So she went from that show to this show. I'm like, go on. You, you'll be the, the queen of sci-fi. So that, that's one. And then um, one of the other actors on there, he plays a doctor on the show. But he was also a villain in the Batman cartoon with Bruce Ward. Uh, Adam West and, Bruce, and, and Burt Ward, right? Got it. He played uh, King Tut. <laughs> <laughs> but he plays a doctor in this one. I mean, of course, at this time, he's since passed away. So it had a lot of good actors and other actors on the show, you know? And 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 even then, to show you, right, the show was produced by Herbert Frank, sorry, Herbert Franklin uh, Solo, right, by his Studio Solo Production Company. And that was a spinoff from the live-action arm of the animation uh, studio of Hannah, ba- Hannah Barbera Productions. <laughs> okay. So you can tell the target market they were going for at the time. I'll for it. And there was some hits and misses. So mm-hmm. one, I like the concept. Absolutely love the concept. 
man from Atlantis, amnesia. Okay, fine. No, he doesn't talk to fish. Love that he gave him a support team around to help him find Atlantis, and, and that made sense. You know, he got lucky. He washed up on that shore. Or was it luck? We don't know. You know, this was the breakout role for Patrick Duffy. Correctly. Correct. Right? Because before he did Dallas, <laughs> this was this was it. This was yeah. basically this was basically catapulted him into Dallas. He had a lot of great, great screens play and green sh- you know screen sh- time and everything like that. When you watch a show, salmon water majority time ain't got it. As you can now that I'm literally saying this, wow, it makes so much sense for the time you see always Patrick Duffy or or what was it say? You see Bobby, the Bobby, yeah, yeah see Bobby, Bobby Ewan, Bobby Ewan's always in the shower and you know that kind of thing. Because why women want to see his chest? Because why wow, they just saw him like two years ago floating in water. We need to see him right, floating in water. So you're not floating, but you're gonna stand in the shower. Yeah, Bobby, you're gonna be, you're gonna. That that was it. So yeah, Bobby had um, that, that that swim. You know, what I mean, like he, yeah. even when he was swimming, he he was like, as they say in F1 racing right now, the car was porpoising how it bounces up and down. But those can, yeah, I love my F1 man. I'm all about that. Nice, you know. Come on, but, Team but, LH. But I, there you go. Let's do it. I'm telling you. So, I mean, I mean, the great thing about, I mean, like he had, a, he had that presence and he always was, they always made sure that he was, you know, in good shots and whatever the case would be. Mm-hmm. He had the ability to talk. Not like Barry saying he had to talk to, you know, he could communicate. He can understand. He didn't really talk to say, Hey, fish, Bob, how you doing? No, he just like, at least I can talk to and understand what, you know, slightly understand what they're saying and kind of halfway direct them to say, well, help me out here kind of scenario. But you see enough scenes where he's talking in water, so that was also a thing. You know, yes. he can he, he he he's a man from Atlantis, or he's a he's a he's a he's a man fish. He's a man fish who can swim in water. He can he can breathe in water. He can sustain large far far depths and in heavy pressure. You know that's crushing. You know people who is not within suits. You know submarines can't withstand that. And this man is like, I'm just gonna go for a water. Go for a walk. Y'all y'all good? Got anything? I get you something. Let me swim up and get you something. Once some snails, yeah. I'll get you. That kind of scenario. But you see him talking, communicating, saying, I can hear you, Elizabeth. I can hear you, Elizabeth. Well, he's outside. I can hear you, Elizabeth. So, so it was interesting <laughs> that they basically gave him, you know, enough screenplay. But, of course, he's the main person. Yeah, But he did well in the sense that, you know, first the longevity role. of the show. Like, it was first yeah. role. Out of bat, boom. You know, yeah. for him, that was the role. He never, you know, did, that was his first TV acting credit. Check, you're leading the series. So let's get down to it. He's got all these abilities. He's got a great cast. He's got, a, they got a cool looking base, right? They got this, their, their, their submarine. All the, everything was there for this show to be a success. Mm-hmm. And it had the interest. It had their demographic and market. And at the time, it said Hanna-Barbera was doing a lot more live action stuff. So they were doing, you know, uh, Star Command and, or no, sorry, Space Academy. And Jason from Star Command, which was the same base in outer in outer space, you know, The Ark, another live action show, you know, uh, you know, Wonderbug. Come on now, these are things that were working at the time, and they really went there saying, "Hey, we don't have to just do cartoons." So getting this as a and it wasn't even on a daytime; it was on at nighttime, so it wasn't mm-hmm. really, you know, um, like really for young kids. Like they really made it for adults, but right. it had that element that would still hold the kids attention in i know it held mine and i thought it was cool so one the biggest thing was he's a man from atlantis and you hit on it before he had to be underwater Mm -hmm. patrick duffy had to do a lot of swimming now even then no no green screen what's that you're the actor in the water (laughs) in the water heat up the water for me we got no time for that pat get in get in we got heated towels so it was him in the water swimming Mm-hmm. Let's talk about a swimming now. Every time you hear people swimming, everyone can picture for those. We all know how we swim. The man from Atlantis did not swim. He kind of waved through the water right. with his whole like body. An, all right, like an like like an electric eel type of scenario. Water. Yes, yes. He didn't even use his hands. His hands were beside his body at his waist, and he would lead with his head. And, and it wasn't an actor, wasn't a stunt double. It was Patrick Duffy in there swimming that way, doing his scenes. Yeah, bro. I can't imagine the amount of calories he burnt off, his lung capacity, <laughs> his cardio. L- let me tell you something right now. 
Patrick Duffy had to be in shape had because he? he's still around up to today. <laughs> Live well, Patrick Duffy. Live well. And we'll get to him in a second. So he had to be in shape, son. Like, I mean, you know, you hear these things, CrossFit and all that? No, man. You want to impress me? Swim like the man from Atlantis. And that's what we did. Any time that I went to the pool or I was at the beach, and any time I was around a body of water, my parents looked at me, Barry, what are you doing? I'm the man from Atlantis. What the rass is Barry talking about now? And I'm underwater going, <laughs> trying to swim like Patrick Duffy because it was cool. It was different, and it was no green screen. It was no special effects. It was really mm. him, uh, a cameraman, underwater. <laughs> do your scene. And he would do it. So, <laughs> yo, I, right? Because we see Aquaman, Aquaman, we see the movie Aquaman, um, the cartoon, you'd swim with his hands. Or you always see him just kicking his feet. Uh, hands are going. Same thing with Neymar. We, we understand that. People, you go for swimming lessons, you know, it's hand over hand and arm swing and arm swing and turn your head and breathe out, breathe in, breathe out, breathe, you know. He didn't do that. He, he waved his way through. So, this is why I like about the show. This is, you know, now as I said, what hurt the show to me was two things. One, the writing was too all over the place, especially that they established from moment one, Atlantis amnesia. Second thing that hurt the show, no toys. Mm. Anytime you had a show back there, they had at least model kits, toys, something like that to tie in with it. And they had a deal going with Kenner but it didn't go through because near the end, you know, the, the ratings really dropped due to the writing. They had prototypes for a toy from the man from Atlantis. And, and I mean, come on, that sold itself. I mean, people would have bought it. I mean, if you remember Battlestar Galactica, people bought the right. toys, they bought the model kits, right? The Vipers, Asylum. okay, they would have bought the, 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 the submarine. They would have bought a toy figure. I've seen prototypes of it. I'm going to throw this up a prototype of what it was. So originally it was man from Atlantis, but then it changed to scuba squad and they used the same prototype and it was cool. It was very basic, you know, but it would have been fun to have that when the show was on. That's how they did the marketing back then. It wasn't all about apps and what you can download. It was about what you can ask mom and dad to buy for Christmas and your birthday. Okay. So we got it, but then it sure got canceled. So then they said, well, you know, Ken is like, well, we're going to still use this model scuba squad. That got canceled. So it never got remade. It never got made. It had a mm. prototype. It never got made. And I'm like, ah! <laughs> ah! <laughs> so that's, that's two things to me that hurt the show overall. I see, you know, the episodes, right? Um, so the four, the four main movies, the first one was called Meltdown, you know? And uh, this doctor threatens to you know cause worldwide flooding of course it's flooding because it's man from atlantis wouldn't it be a worldwide explosion be kind of stupid michael be like i'm underwater i'm good <laughs> i'll wait for it if it just blows over i'm out you know uh you know then they had one called the mudworm <laughs> the hawk of moo i'm like <laughs> giant you know and then of course you get into the other ones man of war and and so and then imp a lot of people kind of like that episode of imp you know and then deadly carnival um, where, you know, Mark and, and Mark was helping because he would go undercover on missions and all that. So when he was on land, Mark would wear shades, help himself out, you know, because because the sunlight because his eyes were a little bit sensitive. I thought this show was going to go places because, mm-hmm. like, and Marvel jumped on board and they came out of nowhere saying, "Hey, <laughs> so you got a show, huh? What you doing? You want a comic?" <laughs> <laughs> And I was like, yay, if Marvel's got a comic, and that's what I mean by the miss. Marvel, I like the storyline. I mean, I like the storylines of the show, but I like the storylines what Marvel was going with because they brought in some other characters. And of course, being just drawing something, you don't have to worry about the budget of making it and so forth. Gave it a lot more. So in 1978, Marvel came out with the Man from Atlantis comic book. Unfortunately, it only ran for seven issues. Right? (sighs) But one of the guys on there is great at adopting properties, um, Michael Golden, because he was one of the guys, the writer, who wrote Micronauts. 
We all know how I feel about Micronauts. God bless his cotton socks. <laughs> we all know how I feel about Micronauts. So and if you don't know, he likes Micronauts. We just like put it out there. I'm just going to say it out there just to say, if you don't know, he, like? he likes my. Osai, I'm being nice. I'm being PR. Okay, he loves Micronauts. Look, there's a couple things I love. Love my wife. Mm. I love my Trans Ams. Mm. Love Micronauts. Mm. Oh, yeah, well, sorry. Uh, I love, I, love, I love my daughter. But she ain't taking my money. Or my clothes. Well, you're or my clothes. Or my clothes. Because my child likes to take all my clothes. <laughs> oh, yeah. So this was cool that I turned around and they did it for seven issues. He got behind it. He wrote the stories for, you know, and it were, once again, it, it, they gave more hints and dropping about Atlantis and, and getting there uh, in, this, in the seven issues of it. You know, and what I felt unique was Marvel jumped on at the same time, Logan's Run. Logan's Run had a movie. Logan's Run actually had a TV series. We'll jump on that maybe another time. No, we will jump on that another time. Yeah, for sure. And and they did, came up with a seven-issue comic book by Marvel. Seven issues. Like, come on. Marvel's trying. So we're getting back here. This is what it is. Man from Atlantis, with everything's going on right now, I am wanted to talk about this because I feel it needs to come back. Mm. So, uh-huh. I I will say this. I've I've read I read I read the set, but I've read the episodes, watched mm-hmm. a couple episodes and stuff like that. It is a unique. It's a unique bubble of an of of it at its time. I believe, and I agree with you that you know it can be it can be well adapted for today's society, today's time. Um, definitely, of course, you know, we said writing was, was unfortunately the Achilles heel in this whole, in this whole transition. Right. You get some good writing on that. The show can definitely, uh, take off because we now have a better understanding of, you know, mar- marine, not, um, uh, you know, marine landology and stuff like that. Yeah. Marine biology. Yeah. Marine There's stories that we can definitely make up again. Going back from the main premise, this person is a man from Atlantis who has amnesia. He has a pair of pair, he has a pair of charts on his skin that has a particular squirrely logo, and no one could totally figure it out. Is that a symbol for Atlantis or not? That's going to be a key focal point. And they'll now we have proper writers who know how to do long arcs, do like two to three sub per show, and still have a storyline to make it like saying. Yeah, at the end, it's like, I still don't know who I am, Elizabeth. Elizabeth. Elizabeth, I don't know who I am. But I will help you. And I'm okay with it. You call me Mark? I like it. You know what? I'll go by Mark Harris. But I don't know who I really am. But I think I'm a man from Atlantis. Let me find where I'm from. And we'll use that as a main base point. Common denominator. Let's go math. Where where we're going to find this guy? Listen, I think, we could, I think it can work out. I think it could definitely work out. Um, you know what? I'll even say this. You brought up you brought up um, Aquaman mm-hmm. in in slightly just the thing earlier, and in the first movie, you know he was on a on a treasure hunt per se, looking for looking for Atlantis in that regard. Now, granted, that movie went one way, mm-hmm. but it's a it's a it's a it's a storyline that can work. And if you really look into it, you're going to tell me that you you can only you think you're going to do this for one or two episodes. Come on, son. This is a storyline of the plot line that can definitely gain some good traction and properly traction that you at least will get at least two, at least two to three seasons easily. Easily. You should be able to get at least two. That's if you're being lazy, two seasons and you put in a little bit of work, you get three. That's how I look at it. That's how I look at it. I I think I hear you. I hear you. And, Hear me. I, I think we can actually get more. I, okay. Oh, I'm so, sure we can. No, we can get right. more. But, but if, yeah. someone, if someone wants to be really lazy, if they want to be really lazy, yeah, you can't tell me you can't pull up at least two to three seasons on just that, on that theme Oh, alone. yeah, on that premise alone. Yes, right. On okay, that gotcha. premise alone. Gotcha. Like, like you, you can't tell me you can't do that. I'll be nice. I'm giving you, like, the lazy end of it, the back of the class. And you only can write, <laughs> you can only can give me two thesis. I'm going to let, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm, I'm biting my tongue to give you an F. And get you get you back in it, but I'm watching my class next year, so I'm gonna just get you to pass. Mm-hmm. You gave me two, right? 
you should at least give me at least a lazy three. Right on. A okay. lazy three. See, the glasses are coming off right now. Here we go. Here we go, ladies and gentlemen. I just want to get all my parts in because I know from this point on, today's show is now being carried and brought to you by Barry 3D. Take it away, Barry. Right. So that's what I'm saying. So first of all, easy three seasons, right? No problem. From what's going on here, you can retool that to three seasons. What you need is a team of writers. Go around. Now, I'm, I'm looking at you, CW. I'm, look, I'm looking at you, CW. So, so far, you've got rid of uh, Legends of Tomorrow. You've canceled Batwoman. You've got some things that are open up in your budget. Flash is coming to an end right now. You need a new property to jump onto. Don't be a slave to DC every single time. You need to turn around and adopt some other properties. So, one, we've talked about it before a couple episodes way back. The Bionic Man, it's up for grabs. We already cast it for you. There we go. Or bring a movie. Now, let's stick with the man from Atlantis. So, first of all, we see this on the CW. Why the CW? Because they like drawing, writing dramas and so forth like this. Now, here's how it works for you. You turn around. You get your team of writers. Don't make it too funny. Don't, no, 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 no. Stay away. No, don't want it too. You don't, don't want it campy. Keep it to what the tone was supposed to be. This is original property. Two, with the budget, you can do the underwater scenes a lot better than other places have done them, you know, in the past. Because, I mean, 1978, uh, you know, 77, uh, there was no green screen. Right now. Now a green screen? Come on now. Come on now. We ain't even done yet. Hold on. Hold up. Hold the rhythm. The rhythm. Hold the rhythm. rhythm. Patrick Duffy, who is still here up to now has come full circle in his life. Patrick Duffy is up there. I'm not even sure. I think he's in his 70s or whatever. I'm not sure what age Patrick Duffy is right now. But Patrick Duffy is still around. First of all, good living. Mm-hmm. Second of all, he let him come back to the original project. Why should I say let him come back to the original project? What? How old is he? 73. 73. Why should he come back to the original project, I say? Because Patrick Duffy was not only the main actor of this series, he has a love and passion for what the character did to him and he's one of the few people have given back to the character. Mm. By that, he wrote a book detailing what happened 13 whatever years after the original series stopped and it continued the storyline where Mark Harris finds Atlantis. Come on now. It, it, it turns around and says Dr. Elizabeth was in love with Mark Harris all these yep. years, mm-hmm. but it, the love never got returned. And then he finds Atlantis and some points in when he finds Atlantis is one, when he gets home, he realizes even though he had amnesia, he had a wife in Atlantis. He got kids in Atlantis. He's been gone for so long. They didn't know what to think. So now here he is still with amnesia, living on land, helping out. And how does that affect Elizabeth, who finally says, well, I'm in love with him, but he's got a wife. How come, one, they never really looked for him? Did they assume he was dead? Two, who is he? Is he a king? Is he a politician? Is he a military man? Is he a janitor? Is he some guy flipping burgers at underwater McDonald's serving fish burgers all the time? We don't know. But Patrick Duffy put the time in to write this novel that you can get on Amazon that explains all that. So now we've got closure and other things and aspects to work on. So CW, you take a little bit of what's at the beginning. You take Mm -hmm. a little bit of what's at the end. You put it Mm -hmm. in the middle and you got yourself a couple of good seasons. Shake it all about. Take it all about because one, we get to finally learn, you know, his name. Does he get back his memory? What happens after the fact? So I admit I never read the book, but the points that it touched on in the book made me go, wow. Okay. We got there. Here's where it comes down to get even more interesting. I know me and Rod, we do the fan casting thing. We do this all the time. This is what the show is all about. We fan cast. We have some fun. We drop some history. We talk some points. We haven't got to the fan casting part yet. But Patrick Duffy is 73, and he's still in his charge of his, all his faculties. He needs, no matter who me and Rod are going to cast, he needs to come back into the show and play a character to pass okay. the torch. Put him on as, as one, maybe put him on as a villain. Because Patrick Duffy's always played the good guy. So it would be interesting to bring him back in the Man of Atlantis and either have him as the military advisor 
for the, the sea base or right. put him as a reoccurring villain that he had to deal with all the time that was trying to get Mark to work with him. That same guy who was, uh, I can't remember the name of the actor who played the, you know, King Tut in the Batman episode, mm-hmm. um, you know, when he was playing that doctor that, yeah, have him come back and play that, that along with everything else. And, and plus you have the original actor there on scene that can be, to be an advisor for how the story can go because he has an understanding of the character already. Okay. CW, write us a check. We want interviews. <laughs> we want access behind the scenes. You're welcome. Hmm. All the same. That's all we're saying. You good? Okay, Rod. You good? I'm good. All right, I think I'm good. I'm good. So, oh, that's good. That's good. So, who are you thinking of? <laughs> <laughs> so, who, who I've been, who, who, I was, who I'm thinking of uh-huh. is, um, you know what? Put it this way. Mm-hmm. This particular individual mm-hmm. is uh he he's he's known to people. Okay. He has he has a he has a uh, he has a sibling who's already in the Marvel universe. So um you see now so you know what? What you Francis? We're just gonna go with it. I'm going for that boy, that youngin, that nice young boy by the name of Liam Hemsworth. Liam Hemsworth. So, I, I I was looking for. So I I was going to. I'm going with the aspect of, yes, when Patrick was doing this, he was, he wasn't, uh, he was a young, he was a young individual, whatever the case. Yeah. Was, but I'm going to try to give him a little bit more age because, you brought up a good point even at this point in regards to having a wife and kids and stuff like that. So I wanted to give him some type of maturity and give him something. So I was looking for okay. at least a a mid. A mid thirty, late thirty, maybe not even late thirty, but I was gonna say that, that we're gonna cast the character to be in the age bracket of mid, early to mid thirties. Okay. So I realizing, okay, you know what? One of the weird, one of the nice things, you know, he's seen him in the show. He's very clean cut. So Liam, you know, the Helmsworth, they 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 like their beard. They like their beard. Mm-hmm. We're gonna, we're gonna have to ask you make a make a for the colony for the colony to shave off the beard. But I mean, seeing him in um, what was that movie? Like uh, the Hunger Games. Okay, and yeah. that's where my mind was thinking of. Okay, seeing okay. him in the Hunger Games, being that you know he's still you know athletic, you know has the body, the body's shape and sculpture and everything like that. Mm-hmm. Just here, I mean he he has no, he didn't have no crew cut or nothing like that, so he had a nice pair of hair, you know, instead of hair. So you know you're in the water and he's got that free flowing. It's just looking like it's flowing. He's like a mask. So I mean, yeah, yeah. Listen, I think he's he's a good character. I mean, he he's he's has the um the ability because of the Hunger Games mainly. Hunger Games, he's been able to have that type of compassion of being a leader, you know. Because it was always um uh, why I can't remember her name right now, but we all know who we're referring to the lead, yeah, yeah, right, 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 the actress of 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 the Hunger Games, yeah. and then he was always like a second. Mm-hmm. He was always like you know. At least I'm leading male uh, counterpart and right, stuff. Right. I offer myself in tribute. Right. <laughs> yes. Okay, I got you. I got you. I got you. Okay. So okay. I, I'm I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with. I'm gonna go with Liam. I'm gonna go with Liam. Plus the fact, you know what? Now he can just you know show off to his brother and let's say, "Hey, I made it to Marvel. I made it to Marvel. Ma will love me. Ma will love me too." Well, it's true because I'm not even sure if this is still a Marvel property or not, if they can claim that back, right? So that would be interesting because then we can get that into the multiverse somehow. So, here, okay, I hear you. I hear you. So here I I went with someone. I wanted, I looked at Mark, and I needed someone with a kind face, distinctive features. Mm-hmm. I wanted to have the piercing eyes, and he had to have the physique. The person I'm looking for had to have the physique, right? He's got to be someone that um, is able to convey tenderness, understanding, and and show a depth of understanding. Um, of compassion, you know, and innocence, but at the same time, when it comes down to business, comes down to business. Right. I picked an individual that fit all the attributes in my head. I think it would be interesting to see this person kind of take on that role. I know they are looking for a project, and this person kind of gets, in my opinion, gets slept on all the time. People overlook him all the time, and I think he would fit in. And he even said that he wanted to be in a Marvel property or a superhero property or something attached. And okay. that is simply. Zach Efron. 
if you I, look at Zach Efron when he did the remake with The Rock with Baywatch, first of all, Zach yeah. Efron's physique? Yeah. Yeah. Tight. Yeah. Tight. Yeah. Right? He did those frat boy comedies with Seth Green. Yep. I mean, sorry, Seth yep. Rogen. You know, mm-hmm. he did Baywatch. Okay, I get it. High school musical. <laughs> but if you look at Zef, Zach Efron, physique? Mm-hmm. Done. Chiseled jawline? Mm-hmm. Done. Mm-hmm. The eyes? Done. Mm-hmm. He is he, he, he's so pretty that it makes you go ugly. You understand that? People look at him going, damn. And they get all like screw face. But would he work in a pair of trunks walking around? Would Zach Efron have the physique he to carry it off and he, all that? Absolutely. He, Does he have he, the tenderness and the compassion? Of course. He yeah. displayed that in a high school musical. Does he have some comedy and light-witted parts to him? Absolutely. And Zach Efron is being slept on. Zach Efron, yeah. if he wants to, and I know it's not your typical superhero stuff, but I think that him taking on the Patrick Duffy character, Mark Harris, would be able to, one, take it, run with it, make it his own, and if the writing is there, Zach mm-hmm. Efron can carry the project. He, not, and not just barely. He, he would excel. Give him the script. Studio, back him up. Do it. And you can market this well. Zach Efron is a hundred percent on this one. This this was a no brainer to me. Sometimes I sit there like, who can do it? And sometimes you have that aha moment when you're washing the dishes, and it was like, oh, Zach Efron. Why would I be thinking about Zach Efron? I don't know because I didn't watch any of these things recently with him. But Zach Efron is who I think would be the perfect man from Atlantis. Good. I'm touche. Golf clap. Very good. I'm giving the golf clap because it was between <laughs> Cleo and Zach. I have Zach right here. And I'm like, you and that too. I'm like, no, no. You know what? I, I, I want to give Liam a chance. I want not to give him a chance, but I want I want to go for Liam. But but you, you absolutely are correct. Like, you basically, yeah. I'm not sleeping on Liam. Liam could definitely do it, but I no. hear what you're saying. But it was an, yeah. uh, he was an option in my, at my book too as well. I was like, right. okay. If I had said it, that would have been the most hilarious joke. <laughs> Again, one of the rare rare moments that we've we've, uh, we've had three so far. We've, we've done that, right? That would have been time yeah. number four. So uh, to me, this is what I'm going to wrap it up with. I'm going to say Zach Efron. Mm-hmm. You went with uh, Liam Hasworth. Two great callouts right there. You can tell we're passionate about our guy either way. But to, I, I look at the comic book and I see that Zach Efron <laughs> like that right now. You put Patrick Duffy in there, bring in aspects of his storyline. Um, of him fighting Atlantis or maybe people looking for him. And what I like about Patrick Duffy's story, if you read the synopsis of it, it says that what caused him to start going after certain people in his book is because Mark had a couple of assassination attempts on him. And when they captured the guys, they realized they had the same biological makeup as Mark Harris. So clearly they came from the same place he did. And he kind of linked the clues back to finally get back to Atlantis. Why were they trying to assassinate him? I don't know. I didn't read the book. Right. But I'm really interested to read the book because I'm actually tempted to read the book to find out what happened to Mark. <laughs> nice. Nice. No, no, no. Makes sense. Makes sense. Uh, I mean, you're definitely bringing, again, this is what I'm saying now. If we were to bring this story now, writing teams now would have a good way of you see, you just brought up a good point because I'm here thinking like linear in the sense like just find him back to Atlantis. Why can't we have a storyline where Atlantis is looking for him? Like you're saying, I didn't I never read the book. So right. I didn't know there was a assassination attempts. And you can clearly tell that there's little symbols, whatever, like you know, the audience will now see that and make the connection, like, whoa, 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 is that is, is that the same symbol that Mark has? Oh, he's from the same place. Now proving to the audience viewpoint point of view, Atlantis is real. Atlantis is out there. Mark no doesn't know. No one knows, but Atlantis knows, and they're looking for him. This is this would be a great way that you can write that in the story. You know what? Again, this is how you get into this. Is how you get halfway into a second season. First season is all him trying to figure himself out. Beginning of second season, he's still trying to figure out a couple of lead points or something. You know, all the first one is just getting himself adapted. To man's world, because there's also a couple of clips you hear the Patrick Duffy um, version, of course, the original version, where he's talking to Elizabeth and asking questions. So, you know, 
why was people sarcastic? You know, the, the human, the human dialect and emotion of how sarcasm, that kind of conversation elude him. So yeah. he always spoke in, in the sense like, a, not even saying like a child, but the type of speech patterns, the way people talk always confuse them. So let's give him that first season trying to understand, learn, uh, like they said in the beginning in the comic books, he really wasn't talking for at least the first episode, episode two episodes kind of scenario mm-hmm. because he was slowly trying to understand these words. He's learning. He's basically learning English. He's yeah. starting to learn human behavior. I'm not human. I'm humanoid. But I'm not human. True. So now let's go for the full season doing that. Now, by the end of the second, first season, like, oh, he's getting more accustomed to how to be. How to be a human. Hey, uh, hit it, Ralphie boy. Exactly <laughs> like that. No problem. And then he goes to the second season. And that's right. it. Right. So that works out perfectly. So now the second season, now you start to see some hints and some trail, some little blimps of like, oh, the symbol here. Oh, symbol. What's all that? Point of view, the, the audience is seeing and realizing like, oh, Atlantis is real. Oh, oh, this is going to be nice and interesting. Beautiful way to push yourself into a, a season three. Let's go. It's it's halfway writing itself. It's halfway writing itself. Let's go. Go. Thank you. Whew. Well, that brings us to the whole roundabout episode of the Aquinas <laughs> podcast. <laughs> Ron, any last words to say before we shut it down for the night? Um... No, I would just say, like, listen, um, hope you guys enjoy what we bring. And as you can see, we always like to bring characters that is, uh, you know, some people may have forgotten, may not have realized that it's out there. And uh, I hope Man from Atlantis has piqued your interest and made you start thinking about, huh, so there was other aquatic individuals, you know, in, in, in the comic world. Because yes. really, truly, you don't hear you don't hear that much if it's not under the umbrella of Aquaman or under the umbrella of Namor. <laughs> you don't hear anything else. No. So, no. so I'm glad that we can now. We have so many flying superheroes, so many land land worthy heroes, villains, or whatever. You only got a couple of people who just swim in the water. Let's get another guy here. Guess what? The man from Atlantis is here, ladies and gentlemen. The man from Atlantis. Right Let's. On do it let's do it absolutely as rod said thank you everyone for tuning in this is the iconist podcast remember like subscribe share don't let the show be a secret we bring you a little hidden gem of the characters you might have overlooked or not remembered at the time and if you can't help support the show buy us a coffee support the patreon page famous words as i always say very simple Mm. this whole world was started with a pencil a piece of paper and lots of imagination keep on dreaming Good night. Under the sea. Under the sea. I'm drowning. I'm drowning. <laughs> Use your I gills. got no gills. I got no gills. I can't oh, breathe. Hey, Redrin, you got problems, man. You better be flying Wait. fish, man. Need that salt water to get to me, boy. I'm burning out my eye, boy. I got salt water. Oh, shoot. Yeah, it's <laughs>